Hello and welcome to the May edition of our podcast, a monthly podcast by the Goethe Institut and Bayern 2's Sundfunk magazine. As always, we'll be recommending five new albums made in Germany. This month's lineup features releases by Hendrik Otremba, Jungstötter, Kid Empress, Dog Sleep, and Robocop Kraus. This is daunting Dave Creeden presenting the English version of Angie Portman's podcast. Let's start with a big comeback. The Robocop Kraus are back. That's right, after a 15-year break, the Robocop cars are back with a new record called Smile. In recent years, this storied guitar band from Herzbruck, a small town near Nuremberg, have been playing the occasional gig here and there, but that was about it. In November 2022, however, to prime the public for the band's imminent return, the Robos came out with a big compilation of songs from 1998 to 2022. Why the Robocop Chaos Became the Love of My Life, as the album was outlandishly titled, featured some rarities, some previously unreleased and some brand new material, but also all-time faves like Poor Soul Relax. And now their new album Smile is out. Wolfram Hanke, a Zundfunk colleague of ours, asked singer Thomas Lang and drummer Johannes Uschalt what kindled the comeback. There was a traurig anlass 
Das war der Tod von dem Sänger von der Band, mit der wir ganz viel getourt sind, World Inferno Friendship Society. A very sad der event in May 2021, namely the death of Jack Terrycloth, the frontman of the World Inferno Friendship Society, a New York band we often used to tour with. We were shocked when we heard the news. Then we started talking to each other over the phone again and sharing stories we'd experienced with Jack. One thing then led to another over the course of those conversations. Plus we had loads of time to think things over during the pandemic. I had the feeling we weren't quite through with Robocock class yet. So Jack's death was the trigger that drove home to us all how much the band meant to us. But we made it clear from the get-go, if we start again, then properly, and not just the occasional gig on someone's big birthday or the like. The cradle of filth, and I mean the metal band. They've come from a show, now we're on the same train. And now, as though they'd never left off, they are back with a vengeance, with smile, brimming with energy, gorgeous soul and nervous post-punk again. No wonder they blew everyone away back in the day. After the turn of the millennium, the Robos signed first to the Hamburg indie label Large Door, then, as the only German guitar band, to Epitaph, and they toured worldwide playing Japan, Russia and the US. The Hives producer Pelle Gunnefeld produced one of their albums. This post-punk band from Hasbrook in provincial Franconia was hot back then and a veritable force of nature in concert. The Robos are now picking up where they left off and this time around they'll probably once again be described as the German version of either the Talking Heads, Devo or Prefab Sprout. The British metal band Cradle of Filth aren't likely to be referenced in the same breath but the Robocop Karls have written a song about them all the same. Let's segue now to Hendrik Otremba, the Berlin-based singer of the band Messer, with his solo debut, Riscantes Manoeuvre.
Hendrik Otrembo's face is covered with bandages on the cover of his first solo album, as if he wanted to stay incognito. Ein Beobachter, eine Rüstung, eine Jalousie, eine Tapetentür, sings Otrembo. An observer, a suit of armour, a window blind, a concealed door. I asked Otrembo what the bandages were all about. Dieses einbandagierte Gesicht ist ja letztlich ein Gesicht, genau genommen mein Gesicht, das nicht einbandagiert ist, sondern eine Maske. This bandaged face is a face, my face to be more precise, that isn't bandaged, but wearing a mask. I had this mask designed by my dear friend Caroline Schox, who is a costume designer. It was very important to me for people to see that it's not bandages wrapped around my whole head, but a mask, something you put on, part of a stage act, something that's involved in inventing an artificial persona. What's that about? Well, he's an observer. This persona is a form of armor, a sort of window blind or a concealed door, depending on your perspective. I call this persona 66, 
You can see it on the cover, and it haunts the whole album like a ghost. It serves as a sort of narrative voice for me that holds these very varied songs together in terms of their dynamic as well as their genre reference. For me, these very different songs, in terms of their dynamic, but also their genre reference, very different songs, zusammenhält. The things, places and states of mind that Henrik Ottremba sings about on his solo album are often grim, even apocalyptic. Some of them call to mind the songs of Blix the Bargeld or the avant-garde singer-songwriter Scott Walker. Some are brimming with drama, even pathos, such as the terrific and highly histrionic ending of the song Im Pelzmantel Cretin. The ballad New York Too is almost romantic on the other hand. The song starts with a reminiscence of David Bowie and it's a wonderfully easygoing take on New York and its peculiarities. In a duet with the fabulous Stella Sommer, Otrembo's rendition of Smog in Frankfurt, a song originally by German pop singer Michael Holm, has a similar Bonnie and Clyde coolness about it. This album runs the gamut from art rock and avant-pop to industrial and chanson. Such a wide range of different music may be a risky manoeuvre, as the album is called, but it's quite a fascinating musical manoeuvre. And definitely not a diversionary manoeuvre. After all, Otremba has assured me that his band Messer will be coming out with another album soon. But Otremba isn't only a busy musician. He's also a painter, writer and journalist, in which capacity he writes about music by his fellow musicians, such as the new album by his friend Fabian Alstetter, alias Jungstetter, which is up next on the podcast. But first, here's Hendrik Otrembo's take on Jungstetter's latest brainchild. Ich bin von Anfang an großer Fan von Fabi. Ich mochte auch seine Band Cesar schon, bei der er vorher um, spielte. I've been a big fan of Fabi's from the get-go. I also liked the band Cesar he used to play we met many years ago in Berlin, when Cesar were on their last lap and he was already working on his first solo album. We mainly just became friends. We really hit it off and realized we liked each other a lot, and that we can talk about our work without ever getting competitive about it. And we've always sought each other out for advice, always bounced ideas off each other, and still do today. So it was only natural for him to ask me to write the blurb for the album, which of course I was glad to do. It was a great honor for me, seeing as I consider him as one of the best and most important songwriters in the German-speaking world. And yes, this album is quite fantastic. It moves away a little from the very organic sound of his solo debut, which was still strongly influenced by the band. This one's more electronic, more experimental. Now I have the feeling he's superimposing these two horizons of experience. What he did and learned with Caesar and what he did with his first solo album, they're both in there. And the upshot is a greater variety of different facets. I like that a lot. I also like the way he sings and the point of view on the album, that he's actually lying on his back on the floor the whole time, observing and going off in very different and extreme directions, which really works. It's a great album. Maybe my favorite album of the year. Und diese Perspektive des Albums, in der er eigentlich die ganze Zeit auf dem Rücken am Boden liegt und, und beobachtet und dabei in ganz verschiedene extreme Richtungen geht. Sehr gelungen, ein sehr tolles Album. Vielleicht mein Lieblingsalbum des Jahres. That was Hendrik Otrembers rhapsodizing about one star, Jungstutter's new album. So here's a track of the album called Sensation. Dream. 
was sensation from Jungstutter's very wistful, very melancholy, grandiose and darkly romantic new album. His previous album, called Love Is, was pared down and quiet, 
whereas one star roams further afield, packing an instrumental, electronic and experimental wallop time and again that proves really addictive. Fabian Alstötter, the former César singer from Landau, is in a relationship with the Austrian musician Anja Plaschk, alias Soap and Skin, and has moved to Vienna to be closer to her. I asked him whether his partner had any influence on the new album. Anja and I dance so a little bit around when it's about music, also in particular about music making. Anya and I do a little dance around each other whenever it comes to making music, especially making music together. She had no direct influence on my album. She wasn't involved in the making of the album. She's my partner, so naturally she's a big part of my everyday life, which certainly has an impact on my emotional world, on what went into the album. I have a high regard for her as a critic, and I frequently played things for her and asked her advice. But as a rule, when it comes to working, we each do our own thing, because it's important for us not to get work mixed up with our relationship, which would create a whole other dynamic. And I think we're both such romantics that we figure we've still got plenty of time for that. Young Stoter's music is often like to that of Scott Walker or Mark Hollis. What does Fabian Alstoter think of these comparisons? I have no problem with references and with certain people to be compared. I have no problem at all with references and comparisons to certain people. I don't think anyone can avoid drawing parallels when listening to music. Frankly, I'm always happy about these particular comparisons because they happen to be artists and performers I hold in high regard. I could list so many names, starting maybe with Nina Simone, top of the list. Basically, what they have in common is not that they belong to a certain genre. It's their ability to express emotions in lyrics and music that triggers a certain something inside me. I can't give it a name, and I don't even think I want to. It's simply something that moves me deeply. Fabian Alstetter wrote One Star After a Meltdown, as he calls it, in the summer of 2021. I asked him whether the pandemic had anything to do with this personal crisis. My state in 2021 had several reasons, and I think it's 
allen Menschen, die sich in Krisen befinden, immer eine sehr komplexe Gemengelage. Bei mir spielte die Pandemie mit Sicherheit eine Rolle, es spielten so eigene Ambitionen eine Rolle, was das Album angeht. There were several reasons for my state of mind in 2021. And I think it's always quite a complex mix of factors that contribute to a meltdown. In my case, the pandemic was certainly a factor, as were my ambitions for the album. I just wanted to get it over with fast and move on. Changing cities was another factor, that I'd moved from Berlin to Vienna and formed a new circle of friends here. Fear of responsibility was a factor as well. But for an awfully long time, I kept looking for the cause in myself and seeing weaknesses in myself, why I can't cope right now, why it's all too much for me. Though to a certain extent, I've got past that now, because I realize you're under enormous pressure as an artist. There's no getting around it, and it's still growing. I still feel it now, now that the pandemic's over and the album's taking off. It has clearly left its mark on me. The whole thing has become more exhausting, more expensive, more stressful. And I can understand anyone who has problems with that and doesn't want to keep going under the circumstances. One example that speaks volumes for me personally is that, paradoxically, I earned more from COVID relief during the crisis than I'd earned the previous years from the exercise of my profession. I think that's a frightening fact, that when institutions think about what an artist's minimum income should be and stick that amount in a relief package, it comes to more than what most people I know actually earn. So this crisis was a personal one, of course, but social developments are undeniably a factor too. Insofern war diese Krise natürlich eine persönliche, aber die gesellschaftlichen Entwicklungen spielen eine Rolle, die man nicht außer Acht lassen kann. That was Fabian Alstotter's passing his summer of 2021 meltdown. After slow food and slow grow, Kid Empress are now championing slow listening, the art of taking your time when listening to music giving song time to grow on you. I'm quite certain that nobody broke you Though you might have had your share of pain Your compassion was where we all saw through Bittersweet disaster All the same As far as I can tell Quick. 
Kid Empress are an indie project from Berlin, Basel and the Bavarian town of Weilheim. These four musicians met studying jazz in Basel and are now throwing together all the music they've played or liked listening to before, which, besides jazz, apparently included folk, pop, hip-hop, drum and bass and electronica. The result is an album of dreamy and enchanting indie pop songs. One song, however, namely The Whistleblower, is an exception. Singer Anna Costelli explains why. Whistleblower is bestimmt eine Ansage, musikalisch sowie auch textlich, und hebt sich dadurch schon ziemlich ab vom Rest der eher verträumten Songs. The Whistleblower, in its music and lyrics, is definitely a declarative statement, which sets it apart from the rest, the rather dreamy songs. The point here is that when you notice something's wrong in the world, you don't just look away and ignore it, saying, it's none of my business. The song celebrates the people who bring these wrongs to light and stand up to the giants that we need to face up to. If we stand together, we can can fight them and stand up for what we believe. So, dafür einstehen, woran wir glauben. I'm running on road, buddy, blood I'm running on road, buddy, blood Into me, 
Let's wind this month's podcast down with Melissa Maristuen, a.k.a. Doc Sleep, a Berlin-based producer, label manager and DJ. She took her stage name from Stephen King's novel, Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. It's about what happens later in life to poor little Danny boy. We can't help remembering his traumatizing travails and shuddering with fear. Melissa Maristuen, alias Doc Sleep, who's originally from a rural part of North Dakota near Fargo, moved to San Francisco and co-founded Jacktone Records there. She's been based in Berlin since 2015. Lots of artists are drawn to the German capital. I asked her what Berlin has to offer that the great city of San Francisco does not. So I first arrived in San Francisco in 2001 and still consider it home. But, you know, I had been there 13 years at, at, that, at that point where we were looking at moving and I was ready for the next chapter. We knew our time in San Francisco was limited due to the cost of living and many of our friends had already left. It had just become really inhospitable to artists or really anybody outside of the tech industry making a huge salary. My partner got a job in Berlin and that was my first choice as well. So we decided to, to move here, that was 2015. I do miss San Francisco every day, uh, but the, the work-life balance in Berlin is really uh, so much better than anything I've experienced in the US. It's built into the culture and the infrastructure is set up here to, to back it up. People have really busy and fulfilling lives here outside of work. and They're able to pursue passions, have a family, exercise, you know, all the things that I see a lot of uh, friends in the U.S. struggling with. Um, you can live here, have a comfortable life here without a lot of money. Doc Sleep's debut album is called Birds, In My Mind Anyway. And as the title suggests, its unconventional electronica is more naturalistic than clubby, shades of biologist-turned-DJ Dominic Eulberg. Some of the music is reminiscent of Boards of Canada and some smacks of Fortet. This is dub-inflected chill-out music, and not just for bird lovers. It draws heavily on the sights and sounds of Doc Sleep's long, tranquil walks in Berlin's Plinterwald and Treptower Park. I asked her what inspired her there. At the time of recording Birds in My Mind anyway, I was really distressed and suffering from burnout and severe anxiety. 
honestly. In the mornings, I would take really long walks with my dog to calm myself. The air was really fresh. Um, you know, we'd go in the morning, so the light was really beautiful. It was very quiet. Really could just hear my footsteps, the dog, <laughs> birds, insects, the wind. It was so peaceful. And it also made me just really see Berlin anew and appreciate being here all over again. And I think, you know, I grew up in a in very rural area of the Midwest in the States, and there's a part of me that really yearns for quiet and for nature and being fulfilled in that way. But it took this stressful time in my life to embrace it and prioritize it again. Birds, in my mind anyway, is a fine and highly complex album of electronic music. The album title, by the way, is from Melissa's mother, who thought she was hearing birdsong the first time she listened to the album. But she wasn't quite sure these birds weren't already in her mind anyway, before that. And on that chirpy note, this is your feathered friend Ducky Dave Creedon, signing off on Anshi Portman's Springtime Popcast. Thank <laughs> you.